previously on Tales of Asperon. Our adventurers began their journey in Whispering Lake with an unexpected encounter on a rainy night with a huntress by the name of Rose Liebling. To her surprise, these young adventurers dispatched the dragon she was hired to eliminate. You see her start picking up the dragon's teeth off the ground and putting them inside of this like black satchel she has hanging underneath her duster. How did the six of you manage to defeat this thing? I don't even... Did you kill it with a shovel? I'm gonna hide my shovel. <laughs> I'm gonna hide my shovel behind my back. No. She bargained with them, hoping to hire these kids on as new pupils or maybe even persuade them away from danger. After losing her pupils so, so long ago. Pick up the photo, swipe the dust off with your hand, and you see a photo of an older human male. Kind of thin, graying beard, not much hair left. Um, and they're wearing this big, goofy-looking yellow, like, fisherman's hat. And they're standing there with someone you do recognize immediately. A bit younger, but Rose. Um, and along with them, in between them, there are three other individuals. You can see immediately their, her brow kind of furrows a little bit, and there's a little bit of hurt there. Um, but she takes the photo and kind of wipes off the dust with her hand, makes sure it's all clean, and tucks it into her um, in, like, the inner coat pocket of her long kind of black duster trench coat. When she took these new, bright, naive adventurers back to Whispering Lake, she went to find her friend, Constance, and reassure him that maybe there was hope for them to have a family again. But, to her surprise, he was gone. This time of night is his favorite time to go fishing. With no one around, he can truly hear the beauty of the lake and its denizens. He can hear the water gently lapping up against the rocks. And close by, the water splashes as a fish leaps into the air with dinner in its open maw. In this moment of serenity, he feels at peace. Then, a quiet, voice creeps into his mind, and with a smile on his face, steps off to the dock, silently sinking into the waters below. She needed to figure out what happened to him. You see Rose reach into her bag, and she pulls out this kind of thick leather tome, and she goes, memory, memory, why does that sound familiar? I fought something like this in town about a decade ago with Constance and my previous protégés, and we sealed it away inside of this, and she points to this eye-shaped amulet. As it turns out, not every job stays complete. Behind their back, on the plane of dream, a large shadow looms against the walls and floors of this tavern. From within their shadowed face, a smile glows with a sickening light. On the plane of dreams, the room radiates with whispers of madness and fear. Tugging at the subconscious of its brand new prey, the young new hunters who dare ally themselves with Rose Liebling. In the plane of dream, our adventurers battled the nightmare that slayed Rose's party in the past. So you raise your hands up, your, your furred, blood-tattered hands, and throw this firebolt forward. And what's going through Haley's mind right now? I don't want to end up like Ted Bird. Okay, fear. <laughs> that fear supercharges this bolt of fire. 
And as it leaves your hand, you see this roiling red and purple and kind of pinkish energy coalesce into a bolt of fire. And it tears right through the chest of this creature. And you watch as all of the darkness and shadow that makes up its body starts to roil and peel away. And in the process, Tedward vanished too. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Tales of Asperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's light on rules and high on storytelling. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down at our desks, connect over a computer, and pretend to be someone we're not. Then we record it all to share with you. After that, we put on an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that I have absolutely no idea what will happen next. And you're going to see that in this episode because Tedward threw me a curveball and I fell in love with it. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? Well, maybe you find a trace of your friend after their soul was ripped apart. Roll low? Maybe that soul is trapped somewhere. Forever. I wonder what will happen this week. Let's roll the dice and find out. Together. Wait, we're waking up? Not yet. Uh, I'm going to start patting around to see if Tedward is invisible. Nope. You don't feel anything. Mm. I'm not going to make you roll for it. Oh, no. Constance has faded, right? Yep. Is there any, like, is the necklace gone too? The necklace wasn't here. That was on the material plane. Uh, Okay, cool. Um, Well, I know that Alea wanted to give Haley a frog. Put that frog juice in my veins. <laughs> Did you smack your arm? Yes. <sighs> Give him a frog? Yes. That spell is probably going to last for another eight rounds, so if you want to roll 8d6, feel free. Me? Yeah. All right. The spell adheres you for 1d6 for every round that it exists. While you're Eight. healing up, um, Four. you hear Rose looking around kind of in a panic, and she goes, Where's Ted? His spirit thing eviscerated. Evaporated. Just gone? Emulsified. Did, did that happen before? Uh, when you left, what did it look like when you left? What did it look like when I leave, guys? It kind of looks like that when we left, right? I, I guess. I don't really remember. All I remembered was I was the last one there. It was terrifying. Um... I thought I thought it was more of like a like a, a flickering rather than a than a what happened to him. He kind of just poofed. He might still be there. Maybe. Yeah, should we go? Maybe, yeah, maybe we should check back in the real world. All right, let, let's go. And she starts sprinting towards where the mayor's manor is. Do you follow? Yes. Uh, yes. Sure. I'm gonna detour and check on the ferret. Okay, alone. 
Uh... I'll come with. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Rose. Okay, you and Rose sprint down the road. Um, can you roll me a perception check? It is an 18. 18. Okay, so as you're running, you look over your shoulder to see Thurbash and Alea look around, see you guys, and then dip into an alleyway heading back towards that ferret's house. And as you do take this in, you see an old sign that has been long drained of its essence, kind of swaying. It says, Callus Apothecary. Hmm. And then you and Rose continue to run down the road towards the mayor's manor where your dream delve started. Now, Alea and Thurbash, you quickly make your way back to this ferret's house. Um, you find yourself standing outside. The second floor is still vibrant and resplendent in its ethereal glory. And there is a familiar dream catcher still swaying in the window. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to just, because I, I do want to go make sure Tedward's okay. So I'm just going to knock and then go in again. Okay. Quick rush and then be like, sir. You are so bad at this. Were you ever children? It's Fulfamer. Snarfogargan okay. Fulfamer. Snarfogargan Fulfamer. Okay. Uh, so sorry. Um, we can't stay long. Just want to make sure you got back okay. And whatever you're guarding, I hope she's okay too. Um, we beat the monster, we think, but keep a low profile for a little bit. We'll check in later. And then I'm going to uh, stumble yeah. out. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. Do you have any more apples? Can I, uh, can I, can I see if I have any more apples? You have one left. I'll give it to him. He quickly takes it and like, and then scurries under the door and goes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Take care. So long. And you guys run back to the mayor's estate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, Haley, we're going to cut back to you and Rose. Um, you're standing at the doorway leading into the chamber of the mayor's estate, of the mayor's bunker. Um, what would you like to do? Uh, I guess I want to note to Rose that I saw that weird sign. And then I guess walk in and try to find my body. Um, you walk in and plain on the floor, you and Rose push these wooden doors open. And your body is lying there on the floor. Just fine. Um, it's still made of this kind of spectral light. And there's no gaps missing. Is Therabash's body still there? It is. Does he moved or disturbed at all? No. It's still missing the hole, though. Hmm. All right. Then I will just kind of touch my, like, see if, see what ends if I touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, perverts. You, um, you reach down and put your hand upon your, your chest or your blouse. And in that moment, you feel your consciousness just tugged right back into that floating, tumbling ethereal space and then with a start <gasps> you wake up in the chamber you awake with such a start that there's a guard like barely paying attention sitting in a like on a chair against the wall and you actually see them jump and grab their spear in a little bit of surprise and they go well thank god it's just you i ignore them and go over to uh tedward's body tedward's body is still there is he breathing um roll me a medicine check 19 he is still breathing Oddly enough, his heart is still beating, too. 
you check for a pulse and you feel it. And then you look at Tedward's face. And in that moment where you look him over, for some reason you can't remember his name. And when you like look away and look at the rest of his body, you're like, I know that's Tedward. It's Tedward. It's him. It's absolute. And then you look at his face again and the name just leaves your mind. Just my face? Yep. For real? What? <laughs> it just, it just looks that bad, man. How do you fix like a face? Spirit, spirit missing part. Like, how do you fix that? Um, apparently I've got a censored pixelated face now, a la Bigfoot. <laughs> so following, following your suit, Rose reaches down and is about to touch um, her body lying on the ground. At, right as um, Thurbash and Alea kind of make their way up to the open doors and you see Rose reaching down to touch her kind of ethereal body. What are you to do? I'm going to walk over and... and kind of grasp myself on the, sh- the shoulder, mm-hmm. see if that does anything. So you grab your shoulders and kind of lift and tilt. And very much like before, nothing happens. You do still see there's a hole missing in the middle of your chest. Oh, no. <laughs> um, am I missing a hole, too? Not anymore. You look down at your body and quickly see that the hole that was missing has been restored. Um, is Tuberry nearby? Roll me an investigation <laughs> check. No, no. Things that matter. Oh, no. Uh, no, an eight. Um, you're like rifling around, like just kind of peeking behind rocks, looking in like gaps and stuff, and you hear a very faint. Oh. <gasps> is he okay? Can I go get him? Roll me a medicine check. No! <laughs> this is getting no. You can't lose two party members Natural in one 20. session. Natural 20! 25! So what you get out of this is... He's not injured, but like... His whole personality is different. Oh. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> My name... Is Tedward. I know, it is an amusing portmanteau between the two well-known names, Theodore and Edward, and it's not registered in any of the books of names you'll find in the local parochial authorities, but I treasure it nonetheless. It is so good to make your collective acquaintance. Who do I have the honor, pleasure, and privilege of addressing? Ten words in Tuberry! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put Tuberry really close to my face. I'm going to whisper, who are you? <laughs> why? Dear woman, why are you whispering? What, oh, on earth is the, what on earth is the secret here? It is me, Tedward Edwardor. Oh, no. Oh, Recently no. ensconced within this miniature rotund body. He's gotten smarter. No, it's just, the implication here is that Tuberry's brain is literally smarter than Tedward's is. <laughs> so that if Tedward's in that brain, he's got a lot more gray oh. muscle. Oh, no. I'm going to pick up Tuberry slash Tedward's spirit. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. <laughs> how do we fix this? We can only save one. Uh... <gasps> Oh, no. Force the berry into Tedward's body. Do we see Tuberry's unconscious body in the non-spiritual form? 
Roll me. Oh, so are you in the Thurbash? You haven't returned yet. No. Nope. Um, roll me an investigation check. Okie doke. That is a 12. No. This can't be good, can it? This is a snow wave. Presumably um, I'm out running around in a berry patch naked somewhere. Start, start <laughs> looking there. Okay, um... This is only a good thing. There's no bad here. So does that mean... What? Tooberry's spirit is in Tedward? I guess you're going to have to get back to figure that out. Alright, how do we wake up Tooberry? Just push him into him. Push him into him? That's how Wait, I woke up and myself. Is Alea in the dream world or in the physical world? She's in the, in the dream, dream world. world. Okay, so you are with me. Yeah. That's what I was confused about. Um, I guess push him in and we, I don't know where Tedward is right now, so... Tedward's body isn't here. Tedward's body isn't there? Mm-mm. No. I thought Tooberry's body was missing. Both no, he looked are. for Tooberry's. So right now, the only, the only bodies that remain in the room are yours and Thurbash's. Rose has already returned. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... Alright. You... Okay, one of us goes back to wake up Tooberry's body so that Tedward's in Tooberry's body. I can't go back yet. Okay, I'll go back. <laughs> I'm Good gonna, people. Uh, so why did you leave me alone? <laughs> hold, hold, hold. I'm a very frightened berry. Hold him. That is so strange. I don't, I don't want to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass two berry over. I've done the impossible. I've made you dislike two berry. <laughs> See what happens when I touch um the 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 myself oh god my my, my <laughs> unconscious body okay you you touch your body on the shoulder and your mind is just ripped backwards again and you feel that ethereal tumbling and you wake up with a start <gasps> in the room and you see Haley standing over Tedward's body and Rose is standing there with him so Tedward's body is there in the real world yeah. Okay, can I uh, look for Tooberry's body? As you stand up, you feel a tiny little round blueberry-sized lump in your front pocket. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to take it out and shake shake them. Kindly um, do not. <laughs> don't, don't. Oh no. You hear Ro you hear Rose go, "What the hell?" It, why, is, is, why, Madam, why, you will simply shake the jam right out of me. Desist. <laughs> <laughs> Leave off shaking me like that. I have why, no wish to end up as a chutney. I hate it. Why does it sound like Tedward, but a lot smarter? It is Tedward, somehow. Okay, I'm going to, um, can, can I shake, um, I'm going to shake the, the other two. Tedward's body and, um, Therabash's body. Okay, so shaking Tedward doesn't yield anything um shaking thurbash though shit thurbash just roll me a um wisdom save okie doke great fail uh that is a nine the dc was five so you're fine um thank god <laughs> you feel on your shoulders while you're standing here in this ethereal kind of plane the dream plane you feel your shoulders get sapped with worry and fear and confusion and then you suddenly awaken to Alea shaking you awake. Ah! 
And all of you now stand in the chamber of the mayor's mat, uh, mayor's safe house. Oh my gosh. Thank you for waking me. What do we do? What do we do? We should find out how to fix Tuberry Thurbash. But wait, if Tedward's in Tuberry's body, <laughs> I'm gonna look down at, uh, at, at Tedward's body. Is Tuberry in Tedward's body? Oh, mean investigation check. Da, na, 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 na. Oh no. Um kick him. <laughs> uh investigation there it is. A 6. <laughs> um looking over Tedward, you don't notice much. Um he looks the same. Uh you can lean down and listen and put your ear, you know, checking for a heartbeat on his chest and you can hear boom, boom. Boom, boom. And then the DC for this is very low because it's easy to notice. But as you get close, you hear from Tedward's mouth going. <laughs> oh my god, it's so cute. But wait, he has different vocal cords. Wouldn't it be like <laughs> Yeah, you hear This is magic. In my medical profession. I don't have a medical degree, so I have no idea what the fuck is happening. Um, in your medicinal profession. <laughs> in my medicinal profession. I still don't know what tap, what's happening. Um, roll um, me a nature check. Could be maybe something with the lilies. I don't know. A 12? As far as you remember, your mom talking about these lilies, there are dangers in going to the dream realm like this and taking too much of it. She never really explained what the others were. So maybe this could be that. Okay, um, Tedward, I mean, Tuberry, I mean, I don't know what to call you. What do I call you? You can call me what you've always called me. I'm Tedward Edwidor. Okay, so the blueberry is now Tedward, and the not blueberry is now Tuberry. Is that how you classify <laughs> all taxons of life, blueberry or not blueberry? Because yes. I have some interesting case studies, which may be difficult to classify by that system, namely myself. I'm going to I'm going to look back at everyone and kind of like mumble whisper is are, are we sure this is Tedward? Are we sure you're you? He does seem very different. Um not to 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 question uh your uh let's just say you are very articulate in a blueberry <laughs> compared to when you're not in a blueberry. I myself have noticed this and have formulated a theory while you have all chit-chatted rather idly. I have been busily exercising the fibers of this considerably intelligent fruit. There was a magical influence on me in my native spiritual housing that is my body that was throttling my intelligence in favor of augmenting my physical prowess. Freed from this influence, my native genius can finally be free. Aha. Uh -huh. I'm also very cute now. <laughs> I won't disagree with that. <laughs> we have more important things to worry about, though. How do we... Do, how do we get you back? Is, is your intelligence saying anything about that? No? Yes. I, I may 
That is to say, Tuberry may have to consume me. Won't Wait, he what? die then? <laughs> I have no idea. I was never a magician. Um, I don't really understand what's going on, but let's say you're right and you are consumed by Tuberry in your body. What happens to the other soul? There's two of you, right? Well, in the best case scenario, some magical hoo-hari will happen and we'll both be returned. And in the worst case scenario, one of us will die, be digested, and then rendered into a new form, which I have chosen to call Pooberry. Goddamn. <laughs> I just want to say there's a slight chance your souls may swap places as Tuberry's being digested. That could be bad. Okay, well, you're not eating. You're... No. Um, um, <laughs> is there any other way? Do we do we know anyone magical? Like a wizard or... A... I think we killed one. Is there anyone at the guild who might know what this is? Um, as you say this, you all look to Rose and you hear her foot tapping on the floor. And she has this kind of look of um, introspection on her face. Her brows furrowed. Uh, I think I may know someone who could help, but they're not a member of the guild, and it might take us a little while to get to them. They owe me a favor, so um, they might be able to fix this. They're kind of an expert in many things. Maybe weird stuff like this, too. Haley, <laughs> when, when you were in there, um, you talked to... You were right up in the beast. What happened as it was dissolving away? I saw someone. I saw, I believe it was a little old man. Um, hmm. Did it, she starts shuffling through her pockets and she pulls out a, the, a photograph that she got from Alea and she angles it towards you. She goes, did, it, did the man look like this? And lo and behold, it's the same guy. The one you saw is much more sickly and like sunken and exhausted looking, but it's the same guy. Uh, I mean... It looks similar, but much healthier. He's been he's been gone for a while. Maybe this thing did something to him. I wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. Did he did he run anywhere at the end of it? I think he just vanished. Um, this will be Mike chiming in. At the end of the last thing, as you were running away, you saw him flee into the callous apothecary. I mean, he went to a callous apothecary over there in the market. All right. Um, she takes stock of everyone. Alea, does he seem... Uh, she points to Tedward. Does he seem stable? In my medical, medicinal opinion, yes. As you say this, you hear, me, 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 me. <laughs> and he rolls. <laughs> He's fine. He's just napping, I think. All right. Um, she looks to the other guards and she goes, uh, Graceford, could you... Could you keep an eye on that one? If he gets up and starts freaking out, Alea, what does Tuberry like to eat? Does he like anything in particular? This is a DM question. Has Tuberry eaten anything? Um, you've just given him water, I think. I think Tedward tried to give him meat. Uh, that's so weird. A plant eating meat. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, you, you know, you could probably just give him some water, maybe a snack. I'm sure he'll let you know in some way or another. All right, um, Gravesford, you heard the lady. If 
he puts up a fuss, just give him some water, some food, treat him like a baby, it might work. Um, if it's alright with all of you, I think we should go get Constance before he vanishes again. Alright. Sounds like a good idea. Can I use, I have a winter blanket, I think from my herbalism kit, or no, wait, my explorer's pack. Okay. I think. Can I just cover Tedward's body with it? In quotation marks, uh, Tooberry? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He'll be safe, right? Okay. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Woo! All right. Um, She steps forward and opens up the big, large wooden doors that make up this small little compound and leads you all away uh, from the mayor's estate. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to the mid-roll. This episode is a long one, but buckle in because it is a treat. I'll make this nice and quick so you can get right back into the action. Thank you so much for all the name submissions to our show through our website. They're all kooky and wonderful and amazing. I can't wait to use them in our next arc. If you would like to name an NPC for future arcs or one shots, or maybe, you know, just learn more about the show, check us out at www.toapodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Tales of Asperon, and we also have a Facebook page. If you like our show, you should absolutely take a look at this really great show that I've been following called Dice Shame. They're a fresh new D&D podcast where an amazing game master takes her friends on an adventure through Storm King's Thunder, a campaign written by Wizards of the Coast. They check every single box on my list of what makes a podcast absolutely amazing. Engaging roleplay and really fun character voices? Yes, please. Right out of the gate, interstellar audio quality. Check. Everything about them is fantastic. You need to catch up as soon as possible. They got 20 episodes, and you can find them on Twitter at Dice Shame or on their website at DiceShamePodcast.com. Seriously, check them out. As for us, we try our best to release episodes every other Friday, so I'll be seeing you again on March 13th. Thanks for being so patient with the delays on this episode. It's been a rough couple weeks. All right, let's get back to the show. After about 10 minutes of kind of navigating your way back to where you face off with Constance, you find yourself standing before a small two-story, it's very thin, um, ramshackle building. There are two windows at the front, both dark with curtains drawn, and they are stained and dusty. It seems like they've been long ignored. The frame of this building is made up of a, like a deep, dark wood that's kind of haphazardly painted black to match you know the rest of the town and in front of you you see this thick oak door with a small glass window in the middle that's shattered and hanging above the door you see a hand carved sign that says callus apothecary and draped around the edges of the lettering is what looks to be illustrations of ivy um and from above that, you can see two more windows. And you stand now in front of this darkened, abandoned facade. What would you like to do? Can I go to the, like, side window? Is it is it low enough that I can, like, stand on my feet and kind of try and, try and get through, like, a crack in the... Um... Oh, yeah, yeah. Roll me a investigation or perception, whichever you choose. I will probably be doing perception because I'm not that smart. That is an a no. Nope, that's a fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. 
Um, so looking at this window, you don't have dark vision, do you? You're human? Nope. I had dark vision, but then I gave it up for a different uh, eldritch thing. So, um, Oh, wait. No, I do have it. Never mind. Oh, you do? Okay. That changes things. Double sight. So looking in, you can see a, there's a very thin crack in the, um, the drapes that are kind of covering this window. And through this crack, you can see what looks to be some kind of shop. There's an array of winding shelves that kind of make their way through this very thin structure. And at the back, you think you see some sort of counter with all these old dusty vials. And from behind the counter, you think you see a faint blue light, reminiscent of the lilies. Do I see any, like, does it look like someone has walked through the dust recently? Or does it look like any anything has been moved recently? Or is it all like just caked in a layer of just age and it's been sitting here abandoned for a long time? So peeking through the window, you can't see that. But you kind of look towards the door and you do see that the handle of this door is not covered in as much dust and it looks newer than everything else. Okay. Like maybe it was recently replaced. Well... It looks like someone has walked in here before. I don't know how long ago. There's a, a some sort of glow. We should go in. Yeah. Haley immediately goes to open the front door. Okay. Um, you go to turn the handle and it is locked. You can try and force it or pick it or however you want to proceed. Uh, I'll ask the group, does anyone have a key or some way to get in other than breaking it? DM. Is the keyhole blueberry sized? Ooh, ooh. DM, you said that the, there's a small port window on the door that's broken, like yes. the glass is broken. We could push Ted Blueberry through the the window, and he might be able to like push on the handle hard enough to unlock the door. Clever, I like it. Making use of this two-berry form. Or um, I don't know what spells you have, Haley, but. Do you have anything that could move objects at a distance? Uh, I mean, I could, I can make a magical hand. But I don't. Other than that, no, probably not. Maybe you could use the hand to try and just feel around and push on the handle. I mean, okay, I'll try that. I'll cast Mage Hand. I'll go to the window and see if I can see the other side of the door. Um, from the window, roll me a perception check. All right, all right, here we go. 13. Um, so with a 13, you look into the window and you can kind of see these similar like cracks in the drapes. And through one of them, you can't necessarily see the handle itself, but you get an angle on what is probably the door. Um, you can see a little bit of dark wood going back. It's dark in there, so it's a little hard to see. But you probably have a good estimate of where the handle is. If you want to use like a... Um, like maybe a spellcasting check? Sure, I'll use Mage Hand with a spellcasting check. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Uh, natural 20. Wow. Nice. Okay, you guys watch as Haley just kind of like huffs his nose, like air out of his nose, and just flicks his hand, and you guys hear the door and click, and the lock clicks, and you watch the door handle turn, and the door swings inward. Impressive. Smart too, Barry. Always takes me by surprise. And inside, so from the ring light yeah, above your heads, um, you can see a light, this 
soft white light being cast inside. And you can see a winding array of empty shelves for the most part. There are some that have vials and boxes that are covered in dust. Um, along the floor though, you do notice that um, Thurbash, because you were looking for this earlier, you see the trail of dust that kind of cakes the whole floor. You can see patterns of the same kind of boot print making their way across the floor in and out of the entrance. You can even see some fresh mud. Do I see, um, like, do the trails just trail off, like, end at a certain point, or do they go into any particular room behind any doors or anything? Roll me an investigation check. Oh boy, I get the no bonuses. The issue here is not that you can't see them, but there's a lot of overlapping tracks. Yeah, it's trying to find them. Yeah. Well, that's that's a nine, just straight up. Okay, so you just kind of step in and start to follow these tracks a little. And they just weave through the shelves. Um, it's kind of like this snake, snake-like S pattern that goes all the way back. And the trail starts to splinter off in a couple directions at the back of the shop. Um, in front of you is an old, um, like, cedar wood shop front table. Um, and behind it, there are shelves covered in these super dusty vials. Um, what's your passive perception? Uh, my passive perception is 11. 11, okay. So with an 11, while you're just kind of looking the space over, your eye darts to the shelf, and you see two vials that have a hint of gold coloring of whatever fluid is inside of them. Um, the dust just hasn't settled quite well on the bottom of it because the angle. But you can see there's some kind of gold fluid in these ones. All the other ones are kind of dark and not, they don't seem noteworthy. Um, but these two in particular stand out to you. I'm gonna pick one of them up and try to wipe away the dust, uh, see if there's like a label. Okay, um, you wipe away the dust. And although there is no label, this kind of test tube-esque vial, which you've plucked off of its stand, has a cork in the end. And you can see inside there's this kind of swirling gold light, which you're familiar with. It's a potion of healing. And looking at the other one, it's similar. If you want to investigate further, you can, unless you want to stop here. I will definitely try. Uh, should I use investigation? Um, yeah, give me another one. Okay, just straight up roll. That's a 10. One better. Okay, so with a 10, um, digging through, you kind of start wiping the, the dust off of other vials. And you go to wipe one, and it's a little bit lighter than you expected. And it just kind of falls down onto the floor and just lands with a thud. The glass was thick, so it didn't break. Um, and in that moment of panic, you're like, oops. And you look up to the shelf, and you make eye contact with, well, not eye contact. You look at another vial that has this kind of golden light. It's just bigger than the two that you found. And you pick up another healing potion. This one's a greater healing potion. So the first one was 2d4 plus 2. Okay, so those are two normal? Yeah, the two you found are normal vials, and the bigger one is a 4d4. It's a greater healing. But they're covered in dust. They've been here for a long time. Can I, like, take a, like, start looking in the shelves to see if there's anything that's, like, well, I guess I, that's what I'm still doing. I'm still looking for potions to see if there's nothing broken mm -hmm. or anything um, so with your investigation check, you just kind of pour everything, and most of the liquid is kind of dark and brackish. It's a little hard to tell what it is. While you're doing this, what are the rest of you doing? Haley, uh, we'll cast Detect Magic. Ooh, okay. 
Um, ritual or just kind of use the spell slot? As a ritual. Okay. Um, so over the time that it takes Thurbash to look through these things, Hela, you sit down on the floor, and what does it look like when you cast cast this spell as a ritual? Because it takes like 10 minutes to cast. Uh, Haley walks over to... The- Tries to like gently walk over to the dustiest corner of the uh, like a shop, uses his turtle dragon to draw the magic symbols and circle that he needs, and then just sits in the center of it and just kind of commands it to happen. Okay. Um, so while this ritual is occurring, ten minutes, Alaya and Tuberry, what are you doing? Hmm. Am I still holding Tuberry or Tedward? I think I think. To Bedbury is gonna hop out of her pocket and start strolling around, looking for clues. I want to do a perception check. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hmm. Roll me, me a perception check. What kind of clues are you looking for, To Bedbury? I want to know why we're. It's daytime, right? Oh no, it's nighttime. Yeah. Like two a.m. Oh, never. Mind. Okay, so we're straight up broke into this apothecary's door. Oh yeah. yeah. Why don't Absolutely. we just wait? Why don't we just wait till business hours? Well, because. Um, just from the look of the place, it looks abandoned. Uh, like, the whole place is covered in a thick layer of dust. Most of the shelves are empty. Well, I'm just going to conduct as thorough a search as somebody who is capable of covering one square foot every half an hour can. So. Okay, roll me in an, uh, perception or investigation. Your pick. I think that's investigation. So I get a plus zero on that, which is far better than my normal odds. I got a 14. Okay, um, so 14. You hop down on the floor, and your arms are small, and everything is really far away. But the first thing that rings on your senses, you can, because you're a blueberry now, and this is kind of a new thing for you, you smell plant life. But it doesn't smell good. It smells like, the only way to describe it is probably the the underbrush of a forest. Mm, Old, decaying... Yeah, old, decaying, kind of pungent plant scent that is just emanating from behind where the desk is. You see Thurbash kind of like looking through the shelves and checking vials. And as he's doing this, you can just smell this kind of dead plant matter emanating from the back of the shop. It could be as sinister as like an evil awakened shrub, or that could just be something as mundane as that's where he keeps his bud light. So... I'm Ooh. gonna, I'm gonna run in that direction. All right. Um, I'm guessing. I'm guessing I have like one, one square of movement. Well, an awakened shrub has twenty feet of movement, which I don't think Tuberry has. I don't think he can no, cover that in six seconds. It's canon. Tuberry has amazing calves. <laughs> All right. Roll me an athletics check. Let's Petition see how good is. to change Tuberry's name to something along the lines of like. Um... I don't know, like, who's a really, really fast one? I immediately think you saying Bolt. Jesse Owens is legend. Jesse Owens. <laughs> he beat the Nazis. What'd you roll? Uh, okay, so my athletics was a six because it has a minus four. Alea, you, you put Tuberry on the ground and oh you see God. him, like... Face plant. <laughs> he makes, like, a sniffing motion with his whole body, like a cartoon character. And you're like, wait... Stuber have a note, and then you see him start to run, but he—you could probably roll a, two, a blueberry on the floor faster than he's running. Um, but he's running down the aisle. What would you like to do in this scenario? Pele has kind of sat down in the corner and starts casting a ritual, and Thurbash is looking over potions along the shelf. 
Um, I guess, Just... can I head as quietly as Alea can with her clumsiness? Um, I guess I, can I check like the back area? Yeah, um, roll me a stealth check first, since you said quietly. I got a three. <laughs> three, okay. Um, so you kind of just cut <laughs> to Barry. You're like, <sighs> almost there, almost. There. And then in one step, two steps, three steps, she's already at the back of the shop. She just steps <laughs> over you and keeps going. Typical. <laughs> um, do you wait for him? Uh, do I wait for Tuberry? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm just gonna, is there a door? Can I just check the door? Yeah, um, so roll me an investigation check real quick. 16. 16, okay. Um, so this door is kind of made of this haphazardly, like, stuck together slats of wood. There are gaps in it. And from inside, you can see this kind of faint blue light emanating. And you reach down for the handle, which is just a pull. There's no, like, turning mechanism. It doesn't seem like there's any kind of lock. And you pull, and it just gently swings open towards you. And inside, you see a small greenhouse. Um, It looks like it's maybe attached to the back of this shop, because you can see ring light kind of casting into this area. But around you, you see tons of plants. You see potters, you see hanging plants, you see these long rectangular basins filled with different kinds of plants. Um, something you're kind of familiar with based on how you grew up. What would you like to do? Uh, where is, is Tedward now in comparison to the door? He's made it. Okay, I, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna let him go first. Uh, while keeping a watchful eye. How noble. Well, hey, I won't set off any traps. I weigh, like, less than a gram. So that's a little bit of a while. My, my, my thought process was, I don't want to take away his thunder by just walking in, like, when it was his idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just want to feel like... I don't think... Good. You don't have to, to you. worry about the fragility of Tedward's ego in any body he's in. <laughs> well, I'm going to just do, like, a once-over over the, like, what I can see. Okay, um, I think for this, you can choose investigation, perception, or nature, because this room is filled with plants. Uh, perception or nature? Yeah. I think perception's my highest, actually. Okay, um, so roll it. 24! 24. Okay, because you rolled so stupid high, um, I'll give you some of the nature knowledge you would have gotten. Looking across this room, the first thing that catches your eye is all these planters are filled with tons of different plants. Some of them you recognize because your mother would grow them um, in your apothecary growing up. You see these white striped flowers that you know are called mirror snaps. If you touch them, they create illusions of themselves to ward off predators. Um, You see these hanging potters filled with peppermint, sage, lavender, spearmint, like lemon balm. In one pot you see, ironically, because you said plants eating meat earlier, one pot that has a very, very sickly looking flytrap. All these plants here seem still alive, but they're not doing good, which is probably a familiar sight for you. Yeah, yep, that's uh, pretty accurate. (laughs) Um... And 
while you're looking across the room, you step forward to kind of get a closer look at one of the plants and you hear wood creak under your feet, which is odd because the stone, because the floor is stone. And when you hear the wood creak, you look down and you see a small wooden trap door and faintly glowing from the edges of this, you can see the same kind of ethereal blue light that that lily would put out. Uh, and how far away is that? You're like standing right in front of it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This room, this greenhouse is small and cramped. And while this is happening, when you feel the creak of the trapdoor underneath your feet, Hele, you finish up inscribing the this circle that you've been making. And it's haphazard. Um, it's not perfect in any sense, which is very comfortable for you. And as you complete it, you finish up this kind of warbly circle shape. Um, as you finish it with the, the turtle, and draw in the last sigil that would allow this to take effect. All the dust off the floor kicks up into the air, and you hear Rose kind of, <coughs> oh, geez, Haley, give me a warning. And as it does, you watch this dust move through the air. It moves towards Thurbash as he's looking through the shelves, and you see some of it land on the potions that he grabbed and kind of put on the counter behind him. They glow with this kind of golden light you notice immediately on the potions the healing potions you see evocation magic and then the the dust kind of lifts up and drifts around the room and it lands on this decanter which is kind of hanging on the side of this shop desk it's covered in dust barely noticeable against the facade of everything around you um but the the dust from this spell lands on it and glows with a light that you recognize as conjuration magic. And it glows very bright in your eyes. What do you do? I guess I go, oh, wow, what's that? And just kind of like point and walk towards the light. Okay. Thurbash, do you react at all? Uh, yeah, Thurbash will flip around and kind of try and examine, but at a distance, what he's pointing. Okay, both of you, as you approach this item, roll me an Arcana check. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, eight. Come on, roll. There you go. Eight twenty-one. Wait. Okay. Um. So Haley, you're not sure what this item is. Um. But as you approach, for some reason, I guess maybe it's the magic of this illusion. For a brief moment, you smell the familiar scent of water, like seawater. Um, and. Thurbash, as you peek around the corner, you see this item, and here's a question for you. Would Thurbash have read anything about stuff outside of his home? Probably Never. not. Nah, because the amount of books that were in his like little colony were very minute, being as that they're made of paper, which is made of trees, and he's not about that. Okay, um, I think a cool opportunity here. How might Thurbash recognize that this is a decanter of endless water? There could have been a uh, traveler, because um, like we're in the remote part of the woods, but we're not like so far out that nobody's out there. So potentially Thurbash, when he was younger, out foraging in the forest, he ran into somebody um, who happened to have a similar decanter. Okay, yeah. So you look at this and you recognize it, and you know that, at least from the vague experience you've had with it, it's seems like a bottomless water jug um sometimes it can trickle sometimes it can blast a torrent of water out um 
What do you two do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk over and pry it off of the wall. Okay. Um, you gently pick it up. It's kind of suspended on a hook. And it's this kind of curved... Um, it's almost like a horn shape. And the end has like um, a silver-plated cap that you can flick up with your thumb. And as you pick it up and touch it, your thumb gently touches it, the, the tap, and it flicks open a little, and water just starts pouring out, and you gently close it. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it over. I'm going to hand it to uh, Alea. I believe this would be better in your hands than mine. Um, so, Haley, what are you doing right now? I'm watching the fast. I'm following Thurbash now, watching the I think it's stunned me. Okay, yeah. So, as he trails, too, you can still smell this faint sense of, like, familiar seawater on it. Um, and the two of you open up this door, and you find Alea standing in what looks to be a greenhouse filled with mostly dead plants. They're sickly. They're not doing too hot. And you see her and Tuberry standing above a trap door um, that's kind of glowing with this faint blue light. As you guys approach, you hear Rose um, close the door of the shop behind you and make her way up to follow. You find anything good? Any clues? Uh, there were a couple of uh, potions of healing on the shelves. They looked old, but probably still good. And um, Haley pointed out a, a, a jug of water, infinite water. I saw it only once before, but I believe Alea should hold on to it. She does have your bag, I guess. Um, yeah, I can I can take take the thing and put it in the bag, of the bag that holds things. Holding <laughs> bag, bag of bags. The bag, bag of bags. bags. Everyone has a bag of bags. It's that one bag you feed all your other grocery bags to. Exactly. Um. So what would the or of you like to do, standing over this trapdoor that descends probably beneath the shop. Do I detect any magic down there? Um, with your... Oh yeah, because the ritual lasts like 10 minutes. Um, looking around, you... Oh, hold on. So as you're following Thurbash back to this area... Sorry, I forgot you were running the ritual. Um, it's all good. You notice a faint glow of energy coming from one of the potions on the shelf very high up in the corner where Thurbash probably couldn't even see it. Um, but you catch it because it's glowing with this kind of bright light. Um, what do you do? Uh, am I tall enough to reach it? That's the first point. Yeah. Then I reach for it. Okay. Um, you reach up and pull down this potion. Um, and inside, it looks like this kind of deep, 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 deep red and black and kind of orange fluid. The potion's heavy in your hands. Um, would you like to roll an arcana check, or do you want to just kind of stow it and keep moving? It's evocation magic, by the way. So I will roll an arcana check, because I'm fascinated by this. Okay, roll me one. 19. Wow, okay. Um, in school, you actually learned about one of these potions before. Um, they were famed to be used by people in battle. These potions would be used by um, infantry and warlords to break down barricades very easily. Um, they would take this thick brackish potion and chug it down and try and keep it down. And it would bubble in their gut and get hotter and hotter. And then they would breathe that out as they open their mouth and breathe fire. 
Um, and you found a potion of fire breathing. Ooh. I'll just, you know, stow it for now. Okay. Um, as you slip it into your bag, you see Thurbash step into the room with Alea and follow suit. And right now the four of you are standing over this trap door, leading deeper in. Can everyone roll me perception checks? Got an 11. Eh. 12. 12. Um, did anyone roll higher than 12? 18. 18, okay. Um, so Hele and Thurbash. Both of you here. Avi, if you're talking, you're muted. Heads up. Uh, <laughs> I got a 17. 17, okay. So the three of you hear the sound of what it sounds like running water or like trickling water coming from the trap door. Did we check for traps? Nope. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, it's too late now. Um, I'm just gonna go. We're just gonna go. Right, we also uh. need to make sure. Uh, two berries okay? Uh, I mean, Tedward's okay? He's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Thurbash, are you gonna try and stop her? I'm gonna try. <laughs> All right, both of you roll me an initiative check. If I don't remember, Elaine's not gonna remember. Sixteen. Sixteen. Damn it. Damn. Okay. Um, Alea, how many hit points do you have? Twenty-nine. Are you just? Are you like punching her in the face? What the hell's going on? <laughs> I'm trying to stop her from jumping to her death. How deep is it? You have twenty-nine. You said. Yeah. Alea, roll me five d eight. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I mean, you're rolling the dice. Fifteen. That's it? From 5d8? Yeah, wait, 5d8? Okay. Yeah, 15. Okay, wow, that's very yeah, low. Um, yeah, it's in roll 20. Okay, um, so you, Thurbash, you reach forward in horror as you see her, you're like, oh, no, 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 trap, 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 and she just grabs the hook and lifts the trap door up, and you watch as this kind of purple fume just <sighs> disperses into the air around you. Alea, you're the first to breathe it in, and you start to feel woozy, and like tired, and then you, you like shake it off, and it doesn't bother you. Um, inside, you see a broken vial that was kind of strapped up to the side, and there was a little—it looks like a little string with a pin that would have disarmed it if you had checked. Can I use detect poison and disease? Does um, that work? Or can I like does my nature check? Can I use do a nature check to see if I? Roll a nature check, because you can see a broken vial that had something in it. Eleven. Eleven. Um, you don't necessarily recognize what it is. Inside this vial, though, there is like um, a mixture of kind of plant matter and a couple of other reagents you don't necessarily recognize. Whatever it was, it made you sleepy for a moment. If you had okay. breathed more of it in, you might have passed out. Don't worry, everyone. We're good. Are you, are you all right? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. We're good. You got this. I got this. And then I'm just going to (laughs) continue. Okay, so you see um, a small staircase made of these kind of like old, creaky, rough slats of wood that go down into the basement. So from where you're standing, it would lead closer to the front of the shop. Um, So you kind of walk around and you see ahead of you, the staircase descends into darkness and at the very, very edge of this darkness, you can see this kind of glowing ethereal blue light. And from inside, you can hear running water. Um, 
I would like to check for traps. <laughs> Roll me an investigation check, Thurbash. Uh, that's a 13. Um, looking over the, the staircase, weaving down, you can't see anything that obviously signifies itself as a trap. Um, there's no... I like, want to jump in. Trip off. Ooh, okay. Um, you're very tiny, so let's see how many stairs you can make it down. <laughs> I want to jump... Oh, man, it's not just like a straight shot down. No, it's like a staircase going yeah. down. Oh, I'll just bounce. I'll bounce. Okay. Please do not kill yourself by jumping down the stairs. <laughs> that, my dear man, is impossible. Do you know what the square cube law is? While the surface area of any given object is measured in squared units, its volume is in cubic units, meaning that the proportion of a small object's volume to its surface area is often small enough that air resistance makes it impossible for my sheer weight to cause me any damage from falling. You're also a berry. Mm-hmm. Squishy, bouncy, resilient, rotund little berry. And Tedward, as he finishes the sentence, he hops down the stairs and you watch his little form. Boop, 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 boop. And then you splat on, like, wet mud um, as you reach the bottom of the staircase in this sub-basement below the mm, shop. Exfoliating. Are, are you all right down there? I didn't take any damage from that. No. Yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Try it. Maybe we oh. should all be blueberries. <laughs> I'll, I will run a blueberry or a fruit-themed one-shot. All fruit has different advantages, like grapefruit has, and, and citrus fruits have acid blood, so if you wound them, you get splashed with grapefruit juice. Oh my god. I love it. Oh, oh my god. Oh, it could be like a side... A little side thing with two berry and his blueberry and his fruit friends. Alea's gonna have you guys uh, are gonna have to make more fruit friends. Uh, okay, sorry. Fruit salad. <laughs> salad. Okay, this sorry. Is, yeah, we're we're doing that, but yeah, for now, cool. Now that I'm down here, can I do anything else? Can I look uh, around? You can look around. Yeah, roll me a perception check. Yeah. Dice roller. <laughs> dice roller. That's a 14. 14. Okay. So, um, as you kind of plop down in the mud and your weird little blueberry eyes adjust to this space, um, you look around you and you're right at the corner of the stairs. And you kind of turn and peek around the corner to see a stone chamber illuminated by dozens and dozens of these ethereal lilies, which you guys recognize. Lining the walls are a series of ramshackle, like shelves, made of thin, thin plywood. Each is containing like a long rectangular pot full of these lilies. And looking in the center of this room, you can see an open pit of water, roughly 10 feet across. It's hard to tell exactly how deep down it goes. And from it, you see a series of these kind of copper pipes emerging from the pit and leading up to the ceiling, and as you look, your eyes follow them. You see as they go around the room, and they act as like a watering system for all of these lilies. And This is a grow house. Yep. And as you take the scene in, you hear from off to your right, like back by where, um, what might be behind the staircase, you hear something moving around and what seems to be a shadowed corner of the room where it's a little hard to see. Can I 
look back there. What's back there? Mm -hmm. um, so you move closer? Yes. Okay. Um, Here's a question. Is you, you, you mentioned earlier that if, I, if someone were to roll a blueberry, it'd be faster than my run speed. Can I try to do that? Can I kind of just like... Acrobatics! <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. What are my stats for that? Oh, okay. Dex is only minus one. So, how about a seven? Seven. Um, you I'm start to run. Yeah, well, you start to run, and you kind of like go head over heels, and you get one bounce, two bounce. You start to roll, and then your foot gets caught, and you just kind of slide in the mud. But you look up, and in the corner, you can see this kind of cloaked form, like pushed up against the wall. From it, you can hear really, really heavy breaths and kind of like wheezing. Um, and they're just human kind of shivering sized. in the corner. Yeah, it's roughly human sized. They're just shivering in the corner. Yep. Is it ominous shivering? Uh, insight? Insight. Uh, ominous shivering like it's. Ten. Uh, you can't really tell. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to mention that to everyone who's still upstairs. Excuse me. There seems to be a cloaked figure down here. A what? Someone garbed in the clothing of a footpad or a scoundrel is sort of hidden behind the staircase. Uh, how loud uh, is he being? <laughs> I'm shouting as loud as my little blueberry lungs can. Um, how loud is For all of you to hear. <laughs> okay. His voice carries surprisingly <laughs> well. I hope this person doesn't just stomp me. Is, is this uh, <laughs> person moving? I don't know. Are they moving now? Oh, well, I was about to get to that. As you <laughs> oh yell up the God. stairs, you see the figure kind of shift and turn in your direction, and their face is revealed in the, this light. Um, one of their eyes is this big, bright yellow, which Tedward recognizes immediately from his encounter with the Tedward duplicate. But there's something strange about this person. Half their face looks like the figure from Rose's photograph. It looks like Constance. And the other half of their body, like let's just say the right side, is much larger and more muscular than you'd expect from someone who is so sickly as Haley described. And as they lean forward into the blue light of this room and look around, you can see that half their face looks like Tedward's and half looks like Constance. But the side with Tedward's looks like that, it has that yellow eye. I'm sorry, you said he looks like half Tedward? Yes. Yeah, it's the same shapeshifter that I had a fist fight with in a burning building. Oh, it's a shapeshifter. I thought they devoured some of your soul. Okay, continue. Sorry, sorry. Could be, actually. Hey, don't let me throw a pipe in that theory. Kill a two-berry. <laughs> Kill a two-berry. <laughs> Two-berry's gonna shout up and add, he's very ugly. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go down. Okay. <laughs> Um, you make your way down the stairs and Tedward, because you're so little as a blueberry, <laughs> this person doesn't seem to notice you. Um, and they look around the room and they see someone coming down the stairs and the side that looks like Tedward, you see their fist clench and their mouth start to kind of curl into like a grin. And you see the other half just kind of grab that arm and push them back against the wall like they're trying to restrain it. Can you roll me a perception check? Me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a four. Okay. You don't notice this. Um, my leaf was in front of my eyes. 
Alea, uh, Thurbesh and Hele, are you following along, or are you staying up top? Hele's um, right, right behind them. Okay. I'm gonna stay up top. Maybe move, like, a couple steps down, but not that one. Okay. So, Alea and Hele make their way down the stairs, and you reach the bottom, and with your passive perceptions at this point, and based on what Tedward said, you easily see, an inv- see this same individual um, underneath the staircase. Half of their body look like looks like it's trying to attack you, like it's ready to go, and the other half, which looks like Constance, is try is like restraining the other half of him. Can I get both of you to roll me a perception check? All right. Seventeen. Is that for Haley and I? Um, Alea and Haley. Uh, thirteen. Okay, Haley. As they round the corner, you notice something immediately. Reflecting off of the blue light in this room, you see that amulet that Rose described in the tavern. It's hanging from this figure's neck, and there's a faint yellow light glowing from the center of it. Um, And as you come down the stairs, you hear this kind of warbled voice try to speak out to you, and it just says, "You, You need to leave now. No. What he said. You, you don't understand. I, I can't hold this back for very long. Uh, Rose? And f- as you say this from up above, you hear Rose go, Constance? Constance, is that you? And she starts to make her way down the stairs. Thurbash, she kind of starts to step past you. And as this happens, you see Constance lose his grip for a moment. There's a look of shock that weirdly goes over half of his face. And at this point, you see the doppelganger half kind of stand up and take a step towards you and it looks towards Rose and says Rose my dear it is so good to see you I hope you enjoy me disemboweling your pupils again and then it runs right for you guys what do you do oh god uh uh um can do I see them can I see them or no yeah yeah you can they're they're like turned around the staircase you'd be able to shoot or you'd be able to like do stuff through the railing. Whole person. Ah. Ooh. Okay. Um, wisdom save, right? I believe so. Take a look. One second. Would it help if I used also entangle? It could, but that would take up the whole room. Okay. Never mind. Um, that's a yeah, that's a worst case scenario. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Um, I rolled with disadvantage, and I failed. Um, so this creature sprinting towards you, and you hear this kind of voice that doesn't sound like Constance at all, as it's rushing towards you. No, no, and they just freeze in this position. Their hand is outstretched. You see this kind of like pale blue skin with this kind of sharp, sharp claws, and there's one yellow eye on the side of their face, and they've just kind of stopped. But hanging from their neck, you can see this amulet, this medallion that's just kind of dangling. And it's glowing with a yellow light that you see also in this yellow eye. Gotta make it fast. I have him for a minute. Uh, do I also notice the medallion? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just t- put two and two together and grab the medallion. Try to grab the medallion. Okay. Um, as you reach out and grab it, do you just pull it off? Do you try and unclasp it? Like, how do you handle this? Uh, does it look like I have time to unclasp it? Uh, it's hard to tell. You don't even know. You'd have to investigate. 
All right, I'm I'm gonna can I I'm I'm gonna investigate it real quick. Real okay, roll quick. me a quick investigation check. Also, DM, he can he can make checks every time his turn ends. So I don't know mm-hmm. what that equates since we're not really in combat. I got a um, nine. You got a nine. So with an investigation check, you quickly look around the thing, and you can see this yellow eye is like, bul- not bulging, but like bloodshot because it's trying to resist this spell and it failed its first attempt. Um, but you can't see any kind of mechanism that latches it. All right, I'm gonna try to pull it. Okay. Um, you reach up and grab. Are you just trying to break the chain or like lift it off? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Give me a... Well, can well is it big enough to be lifted out of, off his head? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll just lift it. Okay. Um, you grab it by the chain or the amulet? By the chain. Okay. You grab the chain and lift it off of the this figure's head. And as it does, you see the yellow eye start to str- change color. And it goes to this kind of like emerald green, which matches Constance's eye on the other side. And as you pull this thing off their head and move it further and further away from them, you see their bodies start to shift and change back to what Constance looks like. And as you pull it away and hold the amulet, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Even if I'm not touching the amulet? Mm-hmm. Son of a gun. Okay, actually I'm good at wisdom, I'm good, I got this. <laughs> Unless I crit fail. <laughs> um, I crit failed with a six. Because you didn't touch it, first thing that happens is you, as you pull this off his neck, you hear like a cacophony of these whispers rising up as you're pulling the amulet away. In this moment, what do you do? Uh, I have a DM question. Does it yep. matter if I have gloves on? No. Okay, just making sure because my character always has gloves and I forget that aspect. Okay, uh, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to just still take it off and then yeet the necklace. Just okay, throw <laughs> where do you throw it? <laughs> Uh, far away from Constance, as far as from Constance. Okay. Um, so let's just say you throw it on the opposite side of the room, like behind you. Um, you throw it away, and as it, as your hand lets go of it, the whispers just stop. And you see Constance, his skin is very, like, sickly. Um, his eyes are sunken and shallow, and he's breathing so heavily. Um, he looks emaciated, like he hasn't eaten for weeks. And he just stumbles down onto the floor. He's still breathing. And this amulet hits the ground and slides across. And you kind of watch it slide across the mud. And it ends up in a corner. And in this kind of darkened corner of the room, behind all of these planters, you see... Another person? A clawed oh foot sticking oh out God. from behind. <laughs> At this point, can each of you roll me a d20? Mm-hmm. No modifiers? No Seven. modifiers. Four. Fourteen. Okay. So it was 7, 15, 4, 14? Yep. yep. Okay. Um, so first, Alaya, you see what looks to be a clawed foot. Um, the skin tone is one that you recognize a little. And your thoughts immediately go to the goblin that you guys bought the bag of holding off of. The amulet is oh, sitting God. on the ground at that goblin's foot. What do you do? Uh, probably, I'll probably shout to, to everyone to be like, make sure no one touches that evil necklace. Does the goblin have yellow eyes? Roll me an investigation check. Oh gosh, eight. 
you take a step forward and try and look in the light. It's still dark. It's a little hard to see, but you can't see any defining details. What do the rest of you do? You all see this foot kind of sticking out from behind the, the pottery, like shelving. Uh, Haley goes and checks out the foot. Okay. Um, you make your way over and avoiding the necklace, I assume. You take a look at this individual and you find the familiar form of Killick the goblin that you guys beat up <laughs> in the process of buying a bag of holding. Did we, we met someone who knew him, right? Wait a minute. Casting back... I remember we got like a cell phone call from him, right? Mm-hmm. And he Magic said there stones. Were, he said there were so many bodies down where he was being held. Yeah. So where are the rest of the so many bodies? I posit they may have been used to grow all of these plants. Roll me a perception check. Eleven. Eleven. Um. So now that your uh, little blueberry eyes have adjusted to this low light scenario. You look around, and you can see behind these shelves, there are other forms. Specifically three other forms. It's not so many. You taught that goblin math. I want to run over and look at him. Okay. (laughs) You. Pitter-patter. No, I want to roll acrobatics. All right, roll me an acrobatics check. (laughs) Oh, damn. 17. 17. Um, You guys watch Tuberry sprint towards one side of the room. He goes into a roll and actually bounces off of a tiny little rock and, like, skips over the pit of water. Lands on the other side. Sticks the landing, bows to the Russian judge. Can we just acknowledge how funny it would be this sequence animated? Just, like, Tuberry's perspective, or Tedward's perspective as Tuberry, with epic (laughs) music playing in the background and, like... Probably looking like James Bond over here, and then from every it zooms out, it's everyone just like, uh, and they just go like, <laughs> welching pitter patter. Like, yep. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, yeah, so you land over there. Haley, what did you want to do over Killick? Um, did we, did we meet someone who knew Killick or, um, I think we I don't think so. Owner. The store owner was the only one who knew him, but didn't like him. Oh, he didn't like him? He kept complaining that whenever uh, Kirik would show up, there would always be trouble. Oh, okay. Then I'll just search Kirik. Okay, roll me an investigation check. Alright. Uh, investigation is... Intelligence. 14. 14. Okay, so you start to... You grab Kirik by the ankle and kind of pull him out of the darkness a little. First thing that catches your eye as you go to look him over... Um... He's still wearing the same exact clothes he was when you met him. Um, you kind of start checking the pockets and tucked inside the jacket, you reach in and your hand touches something really hot and you pull your hand away and furl the jacket back. And you see there is a dagger that's kind of glowing with these little orange veins of light. Um, you might remember him talking about this item, but he called it a hot knife. It made Tedra angry to call it anything else. Um, and as you're looking at this you see that there's a very faint up and down motion to his breath he's alive I will take the knife and then take him out of the wait is he like in a locker or something what is he in no so basically you guys notice bodies behind these planters like put up against the wall out of the way Um, he also looks kind of sickly and a little 
sunken in his face, but it's not nearly as bad as Constance. Okay. Um, so what are you going to do with him? Uh, just I'll just kind of leave the door open and let him be. Okay. Um, so you kind of drag him out and just leave him there. Um, Tedward, you wanted to look at... Or Tedberry. Yeah. You yeah. wanted to look at the other body that you saw? I did. Roll me an investigation check. Ooh. Ooh. Five. Um, you find a body, and you just kind of casually walk back there and hop up onto her form. And you see it's an older woman, very old, wrinkled face. Um, she's probably about three and a half to four feet tall. And upon her like body, there's like a, a satchel bag. But she, while you're standing there on top of her, you don't notice like the up and down motion of breath. And when you get a closer look, her skin is very grayed. She's been here a long time. And she's definitely, mm. at least from what you can tell, not alive or conscious at the moment. Cool. There's three of them back here? Yeah. Yeah, what do the other ones look like? With just a quick investigation, you all find one more body. And when you pull this one out, can you guys roll me a investigation? Not history check. Everybody? I don't think yeah. blueberries have that skill. <laughs> 13. 13. 10. 10. 12. 6. Together, the three of you kind of pull this other individual out from the shadowed kind of corners of this room. And you see a human courier. You can tell they're a courier by their outfit. They have a, a mailbag over their shoulder. There's an embroidered sigil on it that you have seen outside the mayor's manor. Um, they definitely work for the city. They're probably in their mid-20s short kind of like pixie cut blonde hair and they're lying still alaya you don't notice until you're looking over their form and you reach this woman's face and she looks very very familiar to you but you're not entirely sure why you've seen her in town somewhere during your time and your adventure here you just can't remember exactly where it's not rose right no. Oh my god, that would be amazing. But no. <laughs> oh my god. Like, why are you making it seem like That would be okay, amazing. Okay. No. Okay, okay. Rose has um, like big, big, big like bushy curls that like okay, go okay. out in multiple directions. And she's like very, very tan. Or like cool. very dark skinned. Okay. Um Yeah, it's definitely not Rose. Um I'll tell I'll put this in here for the audience. There was a narration when you guys first entered town. I rolled a stealth check. It passed with flying colors, and there was a mail carrier watching you have an exchange with Rose in the very, very beginning in the copper kettle. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, first priority, no. Second, no. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think which is... Okay, no. Alea would care more about people, so she would definitely try to do um, a medicine check on those bodies okay um roll me two one is very clearly not breathing and been here for way too long the halfling woman okay 21 21 um killick the goblin is alive and breathing this courier woman not so lucky <gasps> she's dead yeah oh no okay okay uh all right, I'm gonna relay that information to everyone. And I'm also gonna say that the necklace has some kind of 
possession something or other, not really sure, um, but we shouldn't touch it. Um, while this is happening, you see Rose standing over Constance, who's on the ground, breathing, but very, 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 very weakly. And she goes, it doesn't, it doesn't look like he's eaten in weeks. Do, you, uh, do any of you have any food, any rations? She's like digging through her bag. Tuberry backs up. <laughs> uh, I should have some rations. Yes. I have rations. Would feeding him the berry free him? Free the berry, I mean? Free I mean, from the berry? You don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him a day's worth of rations. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. But yeah, he shouldn't eat too much because you can get sick half, from half days worth of rations. While you guys are here. Um, you're, you're taking out your rations and you hear a glass window shatter. Oh God. And then what sounds like a bunch of potion bottles falling over. And then out above you guys, you hear the familiar flapping of pages. <laughs> oh no, the book. And you can hear like thunk, thunk, thunk. Like it's bumping into stuff and it doesn't know exactly where to go. Well, now that that scared the crap out of me, uh, we should probably get the the people out of here and into someplace safe. Uh, Rose, do you think you can call your your magic um, armadillo friend? I absolutely can. Um, and she puts her hand down on the ground. You see her pick up a handful of mud and kind of toss it in her fingers. She goes, Amadeus, where are you? And then you watch as the earth kind of collects together and the mud shapes in the ground and it turns into a armadillo that like its body solidifies with magic and it just kind of this big 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 fat armadillo is sitting there on the ground he's always close by this is the first time we've heard it called by name yep that's a pretty good name Amadeus. can it have a friend that's a mole called Mozart? <laughs> and then have another one that's a wolf so that could be wolfgang amadeus Mozart. <laughs> so what would you all like to do at this moment? Um, I guess first priority would be to, to get those injured to safety um, and then try to deal with the necklace without touching it, which... Okay. Tedward is very curious what will happen to him if the book reaches him in this form. <gasps> what if he gets smushed by your own book? That would really be something. Read the book! Perhaps we should, like... Oh, yeah! Yeah, I I actually, unfortunately, I can't bounce back up the stairs. Could one of you <laughs> fine, fine, incredibly tall people ferry me back up the staircase? I have an assignation with a book. I, I'll help, I guess. Just throw it. I'll put out my hand. I hop on. Okay. Um, you guys... This is very weird. So together, all of you carry these individuals up the stairs and at least get them into the shop. You get Tuberry up the stairs with no problem. And Thurbash, can I get a dexterity saving throw? Yeah, you can. Okay, let's see. A dex saving throw? Ooh, yep. Oh gosh. That's not good. Oh, it's fine. Oh gosh. Um, as you peek up over the ladder, uh, or not the ladder, the stairs, to step up into the shop, you hear the fluttering of pages, and then the book just whoosh, hits you right in the face. Um, and you start to stumble backwards. Do any of you do anything? I laugh. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, Tepper can't do anything. He's too little. I can try to catch it, but I don't think I'm gonna be successful. Well, I mean, your call. I'll try. <laughs> Acrobatics? Just dex? Um, we'll call it athletics. Okay. 19! Um, you catch Thurbash, and you watch as the Tedberry rolls around in Thurbash's hand and almost gets go, but you manage Wait, to stop them both in time. I'm catching Thurbash? <laughs> he was falling backwards, yeah. The book hit him in the face. The book hit him I in the I face. I catching the book. Okay. No. Sorry. Well, at least I saved. I, I stopped that from a disaster happening, which is Thank amazing. You. Yeah. No, no problem. No problem. Uh, I'm going to stand up, and then I'm going to walk up to the top again. But this time, I'm going to put my hand with Tedward in it above my head by like a foot. Um, You do, and the book doesn't respond. I'm going to point at the book and say, hey, it you behave. Stops. Behave, okay? You see Tedward's... the pages You see the pages kind of furl like angry eyebrows? <laughs> Tedward is fine. It. I'm going to look, I'm going to point at, at Tuberry. There's been a mix-up. We got it under control, but you can't be going around smacking people in the face. It's just rude. It really hurt. As this happens, the, the angry eyebrow pages, you watch the whole book go and close and just thud on the ground. Can I try to go pick it up? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pick it up and see if there's any writing from recently. Um, roll me a investigation check. This book has attitude. That's a, that shit don't fly. I'm just surprised that 15? I am not missing part of my face. Um, 15. So you open up the book. And it's not freaking out in your hands. Um, the pen is kind of hovering nearby. You start to flip back through the pages. Um, and you find, you know, there's a big, big, thick, blank section. And it kind of occurs to you, it's like, this book was thinner last time I saw it. Does it make its own pages? Maybe. Um, but you open up to something that seems like, kind of like the battle. Um, like Tedward talks about it before, it's very exaggeration. It, like it, it, it over-exaggerates everything. And you hear the four of you, you read about the four of you fighting this creature on the plane of dream. And then in the midst of a sentence, talking about the creature reaches forward to assail the great and magnificent, unstoppable Ted. And before it can finish the word Ted word, it looks like someone has written words over it dozens and dozens of times. You don't know what it says, it's garbled. And then there's a gap, and the sentence picks up with Tedward reels from the blow and stumbles backwards with renewed vigor and leaps toward the creature in a fray. In one swing, he dissolves the creature's arm, and then, and then there's more of this garbled word and turn of phrase. And you keep flipping through, and throughout the battle, this happens exactly three times. And after the third time, there's no more writing. Does the book only talk about Tedward, or does it talk about us as, like, in passive? Um, you guys in passive. Like, you're there to help out. Okay, so can we f figure out, like, roughly where, in terms of, like, chronological order, how the battle occurred with these, like, blank spots by looking at where we are doing stuff along with what, where, what he's... Roll me an insight check. Uh... I'm pretty sure those are just when I got injured. That's what I'm thinking, but I need my character to think that. 
And my character rolled a 10, so... Kind of. It's when the book... You kind of get the sense immediately that when the book over-exaggerates something that anyone has done, it's not a one-to-one ratio. It weaves in bits of narration and things that you're like, there's no way that happened, and I can't see it correlating with anything we did. Like, Tedward might get hurt, and then the four of you might get might have been fighting summoned creatures in different places in town. And it just, like, spiders out. Like, it exaggerates it so much, it's hard to find a pattern. So well. It adds, like, extra hours of just nonsense that wasn't there. Yeah, oh, exactly. As you guys remember, when Tedward described him fighting the thug in town from the book, the town described it as him fighting a giant that leveled half the town. So, like, it's not necessarily one for one. Um, good. I'm going to pat the book like it's a cat and say, there, there, we'll figure this out. Roll me persuasion check. Aw. 22! Um, as you go to close the book, you watch the pen slide in between the pages and stop. And it... Go ahead. Can everybody see this, or is it just her? After she says that. I... Maybe the book wants you to write something. Me? Well, uh, yeah, you. I, I'm not very good at writing. I mean, Haley could write. I could uh, write. What do, what do we what, what do we write? Well, the book follows Tedward, right, and writes on what occurs with him. Maybe the reverse is true, where things written in the book occur to Tedward. Maybe if we write, Tuberry grows in the size of Tedward. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, so no. While you're, <laughs> while you're discussing, you watch the book furl open in your hands, like against your grip. And the pen writes down, where is Tedward? Oh, my Put God. Tuberry in the book. It's some freaking Voldemort or Tom Riddle <laughs> book thing. Okay, um... My, it says, my hero cannot be dead. What happened to Tedward after the spirit dissolved him? Uh, what? Um, I'm, I'm going... In the book? Do you think I have to write it or can I just say it? I'm going to just say it first. Right. Um, Tedward's soul is in a blueberry currently. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's not really a heroic tale, but think of it like this. It's a tale of overcoming a very tiny fruit-sized obstacle. <laughs> Does the book do anything or do I have to write that? The pen is kind of frozen in the air. As it's sitting, you you see Rose kind of pulling Constance up and getting him out of the cellar. And as it does, you watch the pen immediately look in the direction of Constance. And it starts to inscribe, Tedward? Where the question mark? Uh, um, does Constance look like Tedward at all? No. No. <laughs> I'm gonna just say no. And then I'm gonna, where is, where is Tedward right now? Where's Tuberry? Am I is, still in Does Urbash uh, still have him? Yeah. yeah, you guys are... At this point, you're all up top. Rose was helping Constance up. I'm going to point to Tedward, the blueberry, 
I'll jump up and down. Tedward. Tedward. That'll just... <laughs> um, you see it? It goes to right, and it stops. And then the pages flip back, and it points to a spot in the page, a little paragraph. And it says, The day the hero found their wish, the farm boy ceased to be. And it points at, te- points at the blueberry Tedward. What? What? <laughs> what? The day, wait, the day that they found their wish, the farm boy ceased to exist? Yeah, ceased to be. Ceased to be. Who's, who's wishing they were a blueberry? Tedward, is this a dream of yours that you've had? <laughs> <laughs> That's my fetish. <laughs> No, allow me to elucidate. I found a magic book, although at the time I did not know it was a magic book, and I idly wished to be the greatest hero of all time ever in all lands, period. And I think the book has slowly been making that happen by force. What? So, that is not good. It's not half bad either. So the book made you a blueberry? No, the book made me into the hulking beefsicle that you had been parading around with prior to my transformation. We need that so-called beefsicle back. So, wait, so, does, wait, does that mean then that this is the real Tedward? Not under the magical books? (laughs) No! The book writes, this is going nowhere. And it slams shut and just plops down on the ground. <laughs> you know, for a, piece of, for a piece of parchment, you have a lot of attitude, and I'm not appreciating it, buddy. The pen looks up and shakes at you, and then plops down with the book. Uh, <laughs> uh okay. All right. It's tightly bound, you know. Ha! <laughs> uh, uh, all right. One problem at a time. Magical book, Blueberry Tedward, is problem number two. No offense, Tedward. Problem number one is we need to get that necklace to make sure no one else touches it, to make sure no one else gets possessed with those yellows, yellow eyes. Um, um, Do we right? just leave the necklace down there? What happens if I grab it? Will it be a possessed blueberry? <laughs> that's, how the, that's, how, that's how Tooberry becomes the villain of the saga. <laughs> Is it still? It's still downstairs in in yeah. this cellar. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna go back down, but I don't. Can I go back down? I'm gonna hand off Tedward Barry. Please, okay. please take him. I'm gonna walk downstairs, and then I'm gonna try and focus on my weapon and see if I can turn it into a spear or long-handed weapon. Um, you think about that, and the weapon changes with ease. It grows into this kind of very, very long spear with a sharp point. I'm going to try and pick up the amulet with the tip of the spear and hold it as far away from me as possible. That works. Um, you loop it into the edge of the necklace and lift it up, and it starts to slide towards you, and you're like, no, 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 no. You, like, tilt it again, and it's, you keep it balanced on the end. I've, I've got it. We're good. Um, from as you say this, you hear Rose, who's kind of peeking down the stair- staircase. She goes, "All right, um, bring it up here. Try not to touch it." 
I have a bag. We can keep that. it in. Um, uh, can I put it in, in the bag of holding? You could. Roll me a um, perception check. Uh, natural 20. Um, as Rose says this, she pats a bag on her side that looks kind of similar to yours. I guess I'm just going to suggest that, that, that we hold it since she's probably going to be dealing with Constance. Um, she goes, all right, I think that's fine. Just stick with me. Cool. And the off chances this thing takes any one of us, I don't want us to be separated. I will open the bag of holding. Okay. Third bash, what do you do? I'm going to slide it in. I'm going to try and slide it in. Um, you tip the spear and it slides into the bag of holding. Alea, as it gets closer to you, where you're holding the bag of holding, you can hear a faint, and as you close the bag, it seals off. Pocket dimensions problems. Uh, okay. Now. Constance and... What was his name again? The other one? The goblin. The goblin. Killick. Killick. Uh, they probably should get some medical attention, right? I almost called him Krillin. (laughs) (laughs) He did get beat up real fast. Um, Rose goes, yeah, I think, I think that's a good idea. How do you, how do you all feel about Orion, the mayor, or the mayor's son, the one that you met? He was the one that was like... He gave us some amount of money, but I, we don't really interact with him that much. Did the people like him? Or did people not like his brother? The people are sheep. People do not like him. <laughs> I know that because when we turned in, uh, what's his name? I cannot remember his name right now. But when we turned him in, uh, Mike said that there was a revolution and he was a part of that revolution. So we screwed over the revolution. People do not like him. Okay. Uh, then, wait, why is she asking us about him? We left... When we sealed this creature before, we left it here in town with them to keep safe. And somehow, I guess Constance got it? I don't understand exactly how that happened, but someone on their end had to slip. Hmm. Okay, then it's best that we keep it to ourselves for now until... I was going to say, Orion, the bounty he had offered money for this. Um, But I don't necessarily trust him. To keep hold of it. I would also like to ask Kirik questions. He, besides being attacked by the the doppel Tedward, he seems slightly close to them. I don't think it's random. That would be a good start, I think. Anybody have any uh, smell insults? She looks That's over at Kirik, who's just lying on the floor, unconscious but breathing. Smelling salts. You know, put him under his nose, wake him up. Oh, um, would that be in a herbalism kit? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Then yes. Mm. Okay. Um, Why don't we just dunk him in the water? Or, I mean, we could do that. I mean, we don't want to startle him. Slap him. <laughs> I'm just picturing tiny Tedward Blueberry. <laughs> you see Rose reach down and just kind of. Tap him on the cheek. Hey! Hey! Wake up! No response. Um, is he injured? Um, he doesn't look injured. Um, 
Roll me a medicine check. Dang it. Hard to tell. He's definitely sick somehow. Like, his, his like, skin is a lighter color than you'd expect. His Some of his, like, looser parts of his face, like his eyes and his cheeks are sunken. Oh, wait. Can I use uh, detect poison and disease? Yep. I will do that. Um, you use detect poison and disease. What does it look like when you cast the spell? Mm, I'll probably touch his, like, temples, and then um, it glows a little. Okay. As it glows, you close your eyes, and you feel like you're starting to get a little tired, and your brain immediately goes to whatever substance was in that vial that almost knocked you out. Does this spell tell any tell anything? Tell me anything about that vial? You don't know exactly what kind of poison it is, um, but whatever it is that's in his system, it's making him lethargic. But it seems to be sustaining him for longer than you'd expect. Okay. DM, is he unconscious or yeah. asleep? He's, he's unconscious. Unco- he's un- unconscious, not responsive. He is breathing though. Um, and I'm trying to figure this out, but. Can he be affected by charm spells? While he's asleep? While he's unconscious. Technically, I think you'd only be able to get use out of it if he was awake. Okay. Could you charm him and tell him to wake up? I was going to use suggestion to force him awake, but I don't think it works. I think you can can try it. It's worth a try. Okay. Well, here we go. (laughs) Um, uh, Kirik, why don't you uh, snap awake, please? Wisdom saving throw from the unconscious. <laughs> okay. Um, I rolled low. And if it's I rolled low, very high on his perception check. What is your suggestion? suggestion? Uh, what I just said. So so snap awake. <laughs> um, you watch as you, you see the breath pace very quickly. And then you hear... <gasps> and Killick's eyes open. And they look around the room in fright. Oh no! Oh no! 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 What? What is happening? And they like start to scoot back against the wall. What I say, you me? you're dead. Then you're in Fruit Hill. <laughs> Roll me a deception check. <laughs> okay. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. What? What? Relax. <laughs> oh God. You're fine. You're fine. We we. I know the last Nobody's time we gonna, saw. Wasn't... No one's gonna cont- like refute that. He's like no. reaching into his jacket looking for the dagger. I don't know. You're you're a tiny berry. I think Fruit Hell is pretty accurate. Yeah. Roll me a persuasion check with disadvantage. With me or uh, whoever's Kalea. trying to dissuade him. I guess it was both of us. Huh? All right. In that case, just roll straight twenty. Okay. Somebody. Fourteen. Oh, 14. I also got a 14. Um, nice. He goes, all right, that blueberry is really crazy, but where am I? What the hell is going on? You have been saved from a plant-growing dungeon. Hmm. I look around. Is that an accurate description? Anyway, um, we just need to know what happened to you so we know how to better help you. Look, I... I his breathing is starting to get heavy again, and he starts to calm down a little. After your big friend, and he looks around the room and notices that Tedward isn't here, and he goes, after your big friend beat the shit out of me, I ran. Um, we apologize for that. I was trying to get out of town, 
and I made it like right by the fancy flamingo and this mail carrier chick and he looks around and he's oh her that that girl right there and he points to the the human courier she like tackled me in an alleyway and then her whole body turned into shadow and then she looked like me Ooh. and then I passed out and I woke up here do you remember our conversation over the message stones uh I, I I, yeah. I asked you to yell yeah. really, really loudly multiple times. Yeah, you, you stupid. I don't know we why found I yelled. You. Yeah, we yeah, found he you. found me. He came down. Your big friend came down the stairs, grabbed me, and just knocked me out. And then I woke up right now. I'm gonna mumble whisper to Tedward. It's probably a good thing you're a blueberry right now. Mm. <laughs> um. Do you remember seeing uh, a necklace or amulet? of anything, either on the courier or on our big friend who punched you in the face two times. Um, you don't need to remind him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he they, they had an amulet, an amulet on. So it looks like the amulet is what was controlling. Every time I did, every time he got close to me, it felt like he was ripping something away from me. Okay. Like, there are okay. holes. Holes in my memory. Stuff about magic. It's just not there. Were you poisoned with anything? Do you remember if they gave you anything? Any powder? Any dust? I don't remember. They said anything? How are you feeling? Hungry. So hungry. I'll give him the other half ration that I still have in my bag. He takes it immediately and scarves it down. Thank you. It's uh, kind of deserved after we beat you up. It was a misunderstanding, though. We are it, so it sorry. Was, it was a misunderstanding. No, you beat me up. You see, it just kind of... You happened to mention the wrong phrases about being at the top. It, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, you really love the bag of bags. It's great. The bag of things. It's working. That's good. That's good. Look, can we, uh, can we? Can I get out of here? Can I just you know, go go back home and live in the woods like a you know, nice, peaceful goblin? You should probably stick with uh, Rose here, and I'm gonna look at her and like ask, like kind of affirming nod, like if that's okay. She nods. Um, Cause we don't know if you're still might be in danger if someone's still after you, um, and you are. Uh, don't panic. You do seem to be poisoned with something. So the quicker we get you and our other friend over here to some medical attention, the better. Roll me a persuasion check with advantage. Fourteen. All right. If I if I'm poisoned, um, I think that's a good idea. I don't want to end up going in the woods and dying, eaten by fucking wolves or something. Yeah, we don't want that. That's uh, not good for you nor the wolves. Um, what? What? Uh, Rose. Uh, we okay. So I guess we get them to some medical, and then we also need to talk to your one friend about uh, possibly trying to get Tedward back in his own body. All right. Um, technically, I guess this is a crime scene. Maybe. Look, stay up here. Don't go downstairs. I'm gonna go get Graysword. Keep an eye on Constance, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna investigate the rest of the area. Okay. Downstairs. Roll me a <laughs> investigation check. <laughs> 
feel like I want to make sure we didn't miss anything. An 11? Okay. Um, one thing you do find, just going around, you find a small setup in the corner. It looks like someone was using these lilies to distill something into a potion. Um, and there's one vial that's basically finished. Um, there's no glow to it. It's just like a bland blue liquid. If you want to roll me nature or arcana, you can maybe figure that out what that is. Uh, nature or arcana? Okay, definitely nature. Oh, natural 20, 24. Okay. God, ironically. So I'll give you some behind the scenes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. For this adventure, if you didn't know what the lilies were, I had planned for you to go somewhere to learn about them. Was it here? You skipped that with a natural 20. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> now you're here. And you have just figured out what you would have gotten if you had come here with another natural 20. Um, This drought is very similar to the tea that you were making. It smells like it. It behaves like it when you slosh it around, but it seems more concentrated. It's a dreamer's drought, like a refined one. Okay. Based on this setup, it looks like someone has been making these for a while. Uh, Do we... Wait. Do we know who owns this apothecary? What was the name of it? Callus. Callus. Okay. Um, can I pocket some? Yeah, you can pocket it. Just put a little cork in it. Okay, cool. And I guess that's it. Then I'll just go upstairs and okay. resume watching everyone. Um, while you're waiting for Rose, what do the rest of you want to do? Unless you just want to wait it out. I'm just going to wait it out. There's not a whole lot of blueberry you can get up to. I'm going to say a small prayer near the bodies. Seems okay. like the right thing to do. Okay. Yeah, we're just going to wait Um, So about 10, 15 minutes passes, and you hear the door to the apothecary creak open, and you see Rose step in with Commander Graysford, um, the person who was overwatching all of you. And as she steps in, she goes, whatever was uh, disturbing your town here has been working out of here, and based on the bodies we found downstairs, it was likely kidnapping people and using them for something nefarious. We can't find out what. And you see Gravesford kind of take the place in, and they go, Is Frida around? Frida, Carlos, small halfling woman? Uh, oh, wait a second. Is that the other body? Mm hmm. Oh, oh no. Yes, but also no. This is, um, this is her shop, but, um, rumor had it she left town couple months ago. She may so. have been the first victim, I think. Okay. Um, they take out their notepad and start writing things down. And I think, unless you guys want to accomplish anything else with Gravesford, um, is there anything you wouldn't tell him? Uh, I probably would not. I personally don't think I would tell him about the amulet. Okay. Because we don't know. You could tell him about the setup for the Dreamer's Drought, but I would not tell him about the Dreamer's Drought that we pocketed it. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Alea's stealing things, keeping things from the police. Who is she? And he wouldn't <laughs> hold anything back. He was asked a question directly, he answered it. Okay. So, over the course of this, um, Commander Gracer, let's see how pointed his questions are. 16. So... The monster, was it uh, dealt with? What was causing this, do you know? I, I, can't, I guess we don't really know exactly what was causing it yet. 
We have speculations. Whatever okay. the beast may be, it can change its form and, and mimic other people. They're writing this down. Um, has it been dealt with? No. Yes? Temporarily, yes. We saw it vanish. Oh, you, you did? How? We were just kind of there and it vanished. What do you mean by there? They're like well, notes. I I cast a spell to freeze it in place, and then Alea punched it really hard, and it just poofed. Roll me a deception check, <laughs> Alea. That, that's how she's acting. Just yeah. I don't know. Uh, nineteen. Um. Ooh, that's good. I have a plus four to deception. They Charisma. look around, they see the broken window, they see all of the broken vials of potions and shit, and they're like, I assume the encounter occurred here. Yes? Is this the hideout? Yes. Yes. This is the hideout. Okay. They write this down. Um, that we know of. Any other victims that you know of? There was four bodies, right? Um, three and Constance. Yeah. Uh, so it's Constance... Um, Constance, Kirk, the courier, and the old lady the owner, shop owner. The owner, yeah. They're writing all this down. Um, the creature has been dispatched. Um, anything about why the creature may have been doing this? None. I, I, don't, I don't got anything. I look around at everyone. We did see large amounts of uh, the blue flowers. Um uh ethereal lilies downstairs perhaps that is a reason they write those they write that down and they go they you see them think for a moment and they go it's used for ailing dreams was there any evidence that they were using these lilies to find victims i yeah i guess all right okay. they write this down there's not much to go on Especially, is there any proof that the creature is gone? Not particularly, besides the puff of smoke that was left behind after Alea punched it. They clasp their book shut and they go, Alright, um, Rose, if it is okay with you, we can take these folks, get them the medical attention they need. Maybe find some more information about why they are in this state. And I oh, guess it will mention... left as an open case. I'm going to mention that they're poisoned also with something. Oh, okay. Um, they open their book and write this down. <clears throat> hmm. They clasp the book shut. I will take this to Orion and see if it's enough to get you the monetary monetary reward for the contract. But he is a Could stickler. Maybe hold off on telling him. We just want to double check and make sure we've actually done the job correctly. Roll me a persuasion check. Ooh. No, I got a nine. <laughs> I will take what I have to him and let him know that the case is still open and you're trying to figure out if the creature still exists or not. You dealt with it once, you're not sure if it will reappear. Will that suffice? Thank you for your hard work. No, thank you. Um, um, all right. They, re they step outside and speak something to two other guards and two tired individuals step in. Okay, next agenda is uh, figuring out our blueberry friend over here. Rose accompanies Gravesford to carry Constance out, and she goes, I'm going to, um, I guess you're going to take him to the infirmary of the uh, 
The mistress, yeah. And he goes, that just done through procedure? Yes. And she goes, all right, I'll be in to um, check up on him in the morning. If anything happens, she reaches into her pocket and hands him a stone. Use this, contact me, and I'll be there immediately. And he says, that we can do. Thank you. Um, and they take the two alive individuals off and leave um, the dead ones still here with two other guards who are calling for others. Is there anything um, y'all would like to do right now? Uh, I just want to make sure we pick up Tedward's book and also, yeah, for me, it's only, it's going to be figuring out the Tedward Blueberry situation. Okay. I don't think we have to role play this part out. So for this next bit, some time passes and Rose returns with Graysford and the guards leave with the bodies. Rose looks to all of you and says, let's go get Tedward and... I'm going to take us to visit a friend of ours to see if we can get him fixed up before the morning. Um, and you all make your way back to the mayor's compound and find Tedward's sleeping body going. <laughs> still doing that. And as you plop Tedward back on the back of his armadillo. Is there a thing I can roll to think? Alea is probably going to be thinking of what the book said. Mm-hmm. Can, is there a role of me just thinking about that? Like, <laughs> to see if I can understand it? Just roll me an intelligence check. Alright, Alea, let's try to see how smart you are. Fifth. Oh wait, that was a save. Is that okay, or? Uh, do a check. Oof. It's way worse! Way worse. <laughs> um, you're not entirely sure. Okay. But you're thinking about this as you all make your way out of town, and Rose is kind of talking you through um, where she's taking you. She says, now, this is going to be a little weird, I'll admit. Um, this friend of mine, I've only ever found them by accident. I've never really actually found them out on my own. So this next part's going to be a little strange. And she leads you out of town, down the winding pathway, and into the woods. And then she steps off the path and kind of leads you further and further into the woods, away from, you know, the normal path that you would believe is safe. And then she stops and starts rifling through her bag and pulls out this, like, it's a carved idol of a willow tree. And inscribed on it is this beautifully carved facade of a weeping willow. And then in the center, you see this little arc that looks like a door. And she lifts up the idol and closes her eyes. And you hear her say, All right now, let's get ourselves lost in the woods and save our little blueberry friend. Hey everybody. Thanks for sticking out through the finale and I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed editing it. The adventure of Whispering Lake may be coming to a close, but there are always new adventures on the horizon. For our next episode, we'll be releasing the start of our interlude arc, episode 25, A Song of the Soul. In this one, Rose turns in a powerful favor with a friend, and our heroes find themselves stumbling into an unexpected shot. After that, we'll be airing a special guest one-shot where we have brought in some folks from Thorndale Podcast and Top of the Round and some of our very own to get together and play a group of crazy, kooky kobolds defending their home in the White Leaf Wood. 
We'll be playing a game called The Eleventh Day, written by at PowerWordFU on Twitter. This is her first ever published game, and oh my god, it blew me away. It is so good. I am so excited for this game. Our song and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, respectively, which you can find in our episode description, and they both have pages on Bandcamp, so if you want that awesome music, you can go buy it. If you like the show, tell your friends. Please spread the word. We'd love to have more listeners, and we'd love to hear you know people get excited about the stories that we're telling. Reviews are great too, but again, share us with the people you care about. That will always be more important. Stay healthy, and see you soon. Thank you.